if by any chance you don't know my name and you're in this place, my name is Babalo, and I have the awesome privilege of leading this community called Following Jesus. And together we are trying to follow Jesus and remain true to his word. If you are in this place and you are visiting with us for the first time, as following Jesus people, we want to say welcome. We want to say we, we love having visitors in this place. And we want to acknowledge your presence right now. So while the offering baskets are going around, I'm going to ask you to just look at your neighbor and say, Neighbor, neighbor. I appreciate you. Say, neighbor, I see you, I recognize you, and I appreciate that you're here this morning. Say, neighbor, sure, sure. So this morning, let's take our Bibles, our phones, and our apps to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, we're going to read from verse 1, we're going to read from verse 1, if you are there say amen, amen. okay not everyone is there, if you are there say amen. amen, okay that's better, therefore, and it reads as follows from verse 1, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witness, let us throw everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. And let us run with perseverance. Let us run with endurance the race marked for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured for such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your word that is alive. We thank you for your word that is a guide into our lives. We thank you for your word that is empowering, that is encouraging, that is building us up, mighty God, every day. Mighty God, I pray this morning that this word will become so real to us that we'll take it, hear it, and mighty God, put it into practice. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Every time you see the word therefore in the Bible, you need to know that there is something that was before. So you need to go back to that and say, what is this therefore for? So the writer of this book, Hebrews, who is unknown, but many scholars believe it was Paul, because they look at the style of writing and the language he's using, and it sounds like it is Paul. He uses this, therefore, as he begins the sentence, because the chapter before, Hebrews 11, 
the famous chapter that is called the chapter of faith. It's a chapter that lists the women and men of faith that are put in the wall of faith. And the chapter reads, by faith, this one did this. By faith, this one did this. So the writer starts this new chapter saying, therefore, because of what they've done, because this is surrounding us, we have so many witnesses who've done these amazing things through faith. Talking to these people and this crowd of people, he says to them, therefore, since we are surrounded by such great cloud of witness, if we are to achieve the same level of faith and achievements the predecessors did, let us, number one, throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles us. So the writer is saying, here is a list of men and women who God used in an amazing way. If we are called by Christ and are to achieve even greater things, we cannot do that if there are things that are hindering us or that are holding us back. If there is sin that is in our lives that you're not dealing with, that is going to hold us back from achieving even bigger things than the people that are listed in Hebrews chapter 11. So the writer says, first things first, what is it that's hindering you? What is the sin that you find yourself always entangled by that stops you from running your race, from being in your lane? So the writer says, we've just read an amazing chapter about amazing things that people achieved through their faith in God. But these people had to deal with their mess along the journey. These people had to throw off things that were weighing them down for them to continue on their journey. And he's saying, do the same. And he's saying, do the same. So my question is, I'm one who doesn't believe in New Year's resolutions and, or things like that. But this scripture right here speaks along the lines of a New Year's resolution. Because it's saying, if you have a new year and you want to start a journey, a new journey where you open a new page, what are some of the things that you need to leave behind? What are some of the things that are, that, that are holding you back that you are bringing into 2020 that are not supposed to be in 2020 with you? What are some of those things that you know deep down when you sit and looking in the mirror that you see this one? It mustn't go with me to my destiny. And I would like us to take a serious moment and reflect on this. Because most of us, without even noticing, we carry baggage with us into a new season. And the Bible is very clear. This passage is very clear. And it's saying, 
if you are, in, if you are to enter into a new season, if you are to enter into a new space, if you are to run the race that God has set before you, hey, throw off everything that is hindering you. So my question this morning, what is that thing that you know deep down that is hindering you from having a real relationship with God? For you to love him and serve him fully. What is that one thing? I know that when there are things in my heart that are not Christ-like, that affect me, I find myself less productive because I spend most of my time worrying about those things, stressing about those things, and I find myself spending energy in things that I'm not supposed to spend energy on. But I know when I release myself of those things, I find myself flourishing and I find myself back in my lane and I find myself easy. I find things easy because now I'm back in the lane that I'm supposed to be on. So my question to you is what lane are you on? What race are you running? And maybe let me pose this question not from an individualistic point of view. Let me pose it to the church as a whole, following Jesus, what lane are we on? What race are we running? Are we running the CRC race? Are we running the God First City race? Are we running the race for another church down the road? Or do we know the lane that God has put us on? And are we in our lane as a church? Maybe let me take it deeper. Do we even know what that race is? Do we even know what that lane is? Or are we jumping between lanes and searching? This year, is a year where following Jesus will redefine its race. Is a year that we stick to our lane. Is the year that will run the race set before us with patience, with endurance, and not run other churches' races. It's a year that will be at peace with the race that is set before us. So that any person who walks into this church and they see us and they fellowship with us will never be confused which lane and race we are on. And they'll choose by seeing us and saying, we want to join this race. We feel we are aligned to this race. And God is going to help us to do that on the 2nd of February. And once we set our eyes and once we choose our lane, we're going to run it with perseverance. We're going to run it with endurance.
How are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? We're going to do it by fixing our eyes on Christ. We're going to do it on fixing our eyes on the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. If our eyes are not on him, we'll find ourselves deviating. When we hear someone say we need to go this direction, we'll move. When a new person comes and says we need to move this way, we'll move. So we're going to fix our eyes on him who's given us the race, who's set it before us, and we're going to run it with faith. Our journey as a church is to love Christ and to serve him and to make him known. That's our journey. And we believe as following Jesus that that journey is a journey that we've been set on and is also a journey that includes us reflecting the kingdom of heaven here on earth. So I'm inviting you as a community to join us in this journey. As you can see, for me this year, is about running the race that is set before me. And I'm dressed up like this, Madala, to say, I'm getting on my lane. Get on your lane. I'm getting on mine. I'm ready. Can you see me, Madala? I'm on my lane, but I'm focused on what I believe God has set me up for. And we're going to do that together. So it's going to be a year where each and every one of us will ask God to redefine the lane that they need to run on. And they're going to take up their space. And when we say on your marks on the 2nd of February, get set, go, we'll all be running comfortably in our lanes. But here's the thing. I want you to look at Trevor. Trevor is about 20 minutes in and right now he's suffering. He's in his lane but it's painful. You cannot choose to be in your lane and not endure the pain. Because once you are on a race, it requires endurance. You have a choice. Trevor has a choice right now to say to me, I know I've promised that I'll finish this thing, but my legs, man, I can't do this anymore. And you have a choice of quitting. Or you have a choice when the slopes get heavier. Or when you see the, 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 the what do you call them? Inclines or whatever. When they become harder, you have a choice of saying, Lord, this is the race that you set before me. And I'm going to run it with perseverance. And I'm going to run it with endurance. But I'm going to do it because I have my eyes fixed on you. You, the one who's a perfecter and the pioneer of my faith. 
And if my eyes are set on you, you'll give me strength, you'll give me wisdom, and you'll give me the power that I need to finish this race. One of the things I wanted to show you on Iliad uh, Kipchonge's video is that as he was running, he had things that co are called pace pacemakers. And he had seven of them at the time. And they had 41 of them that kept coming in and out on the race. He was the only one who ran 42.2 kilometers to the end. But these pacemakers, as they ran, two were behind him, five in front of him. And the five in front of him made a V form. And the V was there to protect him from the wind. So he ran directly behind the fifth one in the middle. And as he was running, he was cruising. Because he had people supporting him. There were people on bicycles who had water. And they kept giving it to him. And said, we can see, now you need water. Okay, now you need an energy drink. And as he enjoyed the race, he had support. And the only way he could do it is because he had support. So following Jesus, are you ready to support one another as we get on the race? Are you ready to support the sister or the brother sitting next to you in the race that they are running as they are enduring the pain of their struggles, as they are enduring the pain are you going to avail yourself to protect them from the wind? Hey, listen. We all get to a place where we say, phew, phew. but if there are brothers and sisters around us to hold us, accountable, to support us when it's going tough. The finish line is possible. So my question is, are we ready as a community when you see that Babalo is weak, Babalo is struggling, are we ready to go behind him, in front of him, beside him, and say, hey, you are with us. We are on this journey together. Don't lose hope. Or are we going to be that community when a brother comes and says, I'm struggling with this. You're going to mock them and you're going to make them feel worse than they felt when they came to you. We need to be a community where it will be open and it will be free for me to come to any of you and say, I'm struggling in my lane. I'm trying to enjoy, but it's painful. I'm wishing to quit. And you can give me encouraging words, Porsche. So are you going to quit this race that God has set before us as a church? Or are you going to enjoy and say, Lord... I'm here. This is my lane. You've given me gifts. I have a purpose in this place. And I'm going to run with perseverance. Because I believe for this season, you've put me here.
listen. This scripture says, Christ himself enjoyed the cross. It said, Christ himself enjoyed the cross. You know why? Listen to what the Bible says. He says, for the joy set before him, he enjoyed the cross. And what did he do to the cross? He scorned its shame. And what did he achieve? He sat down at the right hand of the Father. He sat down on the right hand of the throne. In Luke chapter 22, verse 39, it says, Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples decided to follow him. On reaching the place, he said to them, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down before and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup away from me. But Lord, not my will, but your will, Lord. Jesus seeing the pain that's coming towards him as God himself, but as fully human, looks at the pain that comes before him. And he says, I don't think I can handle what's coming. And he goes to his father. He keeps his eyes on the father. And he says, Father, I'm coming to you. I want to quit. I know the purpose you sent me on this world for, but I can't do this anymore. It's too tough. This pain that's coming, I can see this crown of thorns and I can feel the pain already. I can feel the lashing on my back. Oh, mighty God, take it away from me. I can't take it. I'm feeling weak. Oh, Lord, but not my will. Your will, Lord. So the perfecter and the pioneer of our faith says, look up to me because I knew who to look up to when I was also struggling. I will give you strength that you need because I know where I get my own strength from. And guess what he was doing in the process? He was redeeming you and me so that you and me can be called sons and daughters of the Most High. And he says, imitate me. So the question is, when the race gets tough, are we going to imitate him and sweat blood and say we're going nowhere because your will says we must be here? Or are we going to say, my God, not your will. This time my will. I can't take this anymore. And look what, the, what God did for him. It says, and the angels from heaven appeared to him, and they strengthened him. It says, the angel from heaven came to him and strengthened him. The angels from heaven came to him and cheered him on. Do you know when they finished interview, when, the, when Iliad Kachonge, Kipchonge finished the race, the first question they asked him, what kept you going? And he said, the crowd that kept cheering me on. 
kept me going. He said, at some point, it was difficult because I was running at a pace that is unusual. But as I had people say, go, Elliot, go, you can do this. I said, I'm finishing my race. I'm not quitting. But do you know what's interesting about the fathers of the faith that the writer says, therefore, since they are surrounding us? Do you know the interesting thing about those people? The interesting thing about Eliot himself is that in 2017, Eliot tried to break the same record and failed. But you know why he failed? He ran it by himself. He didn't have any support. He didn't have anyone cheering him on. And his eyes were fixed to himself because he wanted to do this by himself. And when he got a team together, and we had pacemakers together, and we had people giving him juice, and he had people supporting him and cheering him on, the race became simpler. And he got strength to go on. And Jesus is saying to us as individuals and as a church, I'm the one to give you strength. Just stick to your lane. And look and fix your eyes on me. Fix your eyes on the prize. And everything else will fall into place. The fathers and the mothers of the faith, when you look at the journey of Moses, it's not a perfect journey at all. Moses was even disqualified to reach the promised land. But when you read Hebrews 11, he makes it as the father of the faith because he finished his race. And when the children of Israel were complaining and whining to Moses, he endured that pain. And he stayed on his lane. And he ran his race with perseverance, with endurance. We need to enjoy. We need to enjoy the race. Because at the beginning, Trevor was smiling. It was all beautiful. And he's still smiling, but he knows inside. He's like, Papa Loewen, are you finishing? But this is what the real race looks like. You need to sweat. You need to work hard. And he will give you strength. The only reason Trevor can do this is because Trevor trains very hard. He's built up the endurance. Where is your training ground? Where is your training ground? Do you spend time with Jesus? Does he give you and fill you up and strengthen you? So that when you need strength, all the training that you've done can sustain you. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. And I'm going to ask Naomi to start playing softly in the background. Some of us in this church, I'm looking at Colin playing with the kids in that room. And Mindy, I'm looking at Kathy. I'm looking at Victor and Rada. I'm looking at Tim and Sheila. I'm looking at Sean. I'm looking at Gail. I'm looking at some of the people in this room. Duncan, 
שמיין. פאדה לורנס. You've enjoyed the race. Madala, Christine. You've enjoyed the race. You've been at it for a long time. And you are still here. Because you believe this is the race that is set before you. And you are running it with endurance. If you're in this room and you've been on this race and you feel like you can't take it anymore, both in this church or in your personal life, if you feel like there's a race that you've been running and it's becoming tougher and tougher every day and it's not becoming easy, I'm sent here by God to tell you to enjoy I'm sent here this morning to tell you to keep on your lane and enjoy the race. I'm here to tell you this morning that if your eyes are set on Jesus, the pioneer, the perfecter of your faith, you will be able to enjoy anything that comes your way. Because he will strengthen you, he will give you strength, and he will make you finish the race. But you cannot do that if you do not even know what your race is. You cannot even do that if you are not on your lane that is set before you. You cannot run Babalos' race. You can only run your own race. Hey, with every head bowed, with all eyes closed, I'm asking you a question. What is that one thing that is hindering you from staying in your lane, from running the race that is set before you? What is it that in 2020 you're going to say, I'm throwing this off, I'm letting this sin go, I can't do this anymore. Jesus, I'm looking to you. I want to enjoy the race. I want to stay in my lane. But it's tough, Lord. But I'm coming before your throne this morning and I'm saying, take it all, Jesus. Give me the strength that I need to keep my lane and to run the race that is set before me. Following Jesus, let us run with perseverance. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking straight to the one who gives us strength. We are called for a purpose in this place. We are called for a reason in this place. We need to know what that reason is. And need to stick to our lane. Jesus is saying, I can redeem you this morning. In that sin that is hindering you, I can redeem you this morning. The question is, are you going to lay it at his throne? Are you going to lay it at his feet? Are you going to hand it over to him? 
so that you can throw off the weight. And like Eliot Kipchonge, you're going to flow with the wind because you are carrying nothing heavy. You are carrying the support of those around you. You are being invited to enjoy in this new season. You are being invited to run your own race. You are being invited to throw off anything that might be holding you back and run the race that is set before you. Is there anything that you feel you want to lay at his feet this morning? Is there anything that you feel is hindering you from running in your lane, running in your purpose? Do you want to confess it this morning and leave it at his throne? If that is you, I'm going to ask you to be bold and raise your hand. If that is you, I'm going to ask you to come to the front. Thank you.